This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. When we first started the garden here um, in, in the late 70s, we used to grow masses of hebes um, because they're such a good coastal plant. We didn't have that much protection in those days. And that, as you know, the emergent buds of a hebe are enclosed with the, the leaves, leaves. So they're yeah. protected until they're ready to burst forth. And I remember Christopher Lloyd, a great dixter, grew quite a lot of hebes in those days too. And lots of our name varieties came from, from him. But there seems to be, they seem to be a plant that's, gone out of fashion i think they're going to come back you know yeah and i think we've it's like all these things you know i used to have it in for mahoney when i first started gardening but you can't you know you we we strike a plant off with with one with one sort of specimen and you know the car park hebes that are used that's why it is it's, it's because we get stigmas over plants and they become fashionable because of they get a broad brush stroke i grew a lovely one in fact the first one i got was hebe hulkiana yeah which is a wonderful plant, but there's an even better, which I think is better, is Crossfair Fieldii, which is Hulkiana crossed with Lavordiana. And I don't think anybody grows Lavordiana. Um, and it's so much more refined. Um, in fact, I've got a lot of cuttings that are just struck in the, in the propagator. Which it, but it's a fab plant, and you get these lovely lilac-y yeah. flowers that are really, you know, that well, they're, they are Veronica's now, aren't they? They're the Veronica little flowers, and it's a really, yeah. you've got to keep it clipped back after it flowers and keep it sort of small. It's, it's a rockery uh, I don't know, tumbling over the wall sort of plant. And it's one of those plants that you you have to look at it. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what, what makes a plant like that, but you know, suddenly you get a plant, it's got presence, you have to look at it. It draws your attention. And this Hebe Halkiana cross is that. Absolutely that. Do you grow do you grow a fair field here? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's a crack, it's a cracking plant. And actually, I, I've seen various, I mean, the, this is another thing. I went to it was a Kent Alpine Garden show. Um, Sutton Valence uh, four, four years ago and in the foyers you go through to where they've got people selling plants and there was a little table of a few people that brought their own plants and there was a chap there anyway I bought it for a quid in a seven centimetre pot <laughs> it was a little cutting that had struck it I said oh is that a, is that like Colchiano I said oh no it's completely different it's fair figure I said oh it looks like it anyway it turns out that one of the parents is but I got it for a pound in a seven centimetre pot it's on the rockery at York Gate on the front corner and it steals the show when it's in front. Yeah. It's now okay. a lovely little it's a lovely little plant now, and I've taken cuttings from that plant and propped it for myself. But it is just and that's another little, you know, wonderful, wonderful Alpine Garden show, and I picked it up for a quid and it's one of my favourite plants. I love those stands. Yeah. I love those stalls. It's at Alan's Plant Fairs. It's the Hardy Plant Society little stand and you sort of peer around all the pots. What treasures am I going to get? And they're all marked by coloured labels and you look up, like, is it a yellow label, a green label, an orange label? Because they're going to get as pricey as two or three pounds each. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Got a bikini affiliator. Uh, there's a wonderful, uh, our local Hardy Plant Society in West Yorkshire. The one, this, that's my sort of group that I go to. Um, they, have a, they have this plant plant auction and people take loads of plants in um all different stuff i got beginia ciliata for 20p <laughs> I, was, I was like i stood up i was like why is nobody else bidding for this plant come on 20p yeah um, 
I can beat that actually because I, I went to a local auction when many years ago now, 25 years ago probably, and there was a big carpet and we needed a big carpet at the time, um, and it just came up for sale at the end of the at the end of the auction. Nobody wanted it, nobody bid for it, and I got it for two quid <laughs> for a carpet, and it was a 12 by nine carpet. So I, love I, a, I love a deal. I folded it up, got it in the car, just got it home, put it on the lawn, scrubbed it like mad. Um, scrubbed it again and again, I think, if I remember correctly, and it came up beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that this. Um, I'm just going to turn into a tight Yorkshireman now. Um, <laughs> we've actually we've we've been buying a few bits for the nursery from auction. Like there's been various closing down auctions as a few local landscapers have shut down. So we've been getting some absolute absolute bargains, and um, we um, well, these are things that we paid too much for, but. We went to one auction, there was a, an old school, like, cast iron Mexican hat pig feeder, you know, the ones yeah, yeah. That, you, that you see, like, as an old farmyard. And I really wanted it. Um, and Laura saw this this tin bath um, that she wants to have cold, cold baths in ice baths or whatever, which I want as a planter. Um, <laughs> and we, we, we went through the list of all these things. that we, we, we bought loads of bits and bolts for dressing the nursery and wire, wire for fencing and all, all, sorts of, all sorts of stuff that would be useful. Um, but we both wanted these things. So we anyway, we decided, we sat down before the evening, it was closed bids online. So we put all the bids in and um, that was it. We decided how much our maximums were for everything. Anyway, we both sneaked on separately and upped our bids for uh, <laughs> the Mexican pig. And I said, I'm sure we didn't say that much for the tin bath. And she said, well, I thought we didn't think we bid that much for the Mexican hat. I said, oh, well, I might have just, might have just dumped it a little bit. Anyway, we got them both, and the pigs are happily eating out of them now, and Laura happily sits in the bath, so everyone's a winner. Yeah, when I knew you were bidding for that bath, I, I immediately thought it was going to be a fabulous planter. I can't believe she wants to have ice baths, but it is worth it. It is going to be a planter. <laughs> she might not know it yet, but... I'm going to do a bit of a little... I mean, hopefully... She, well, she's probably going to watch this, and then she'll be... She'll be, uh, she'll be saying, no, I'm going to be out of bath in it. But, um, yeah, I love growing cyperis from seed, and I've got. I want to do a bit of a water planting with azolla and cyperus and um, and a few bits like that. A bit, bit of an annual water water display. But yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Thing. I don't think anybody's doing that. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few, I've seen they were doing it at um, Dufferin. Um, we're doing yeah. bits in corner ponds. But yeah, we will have a bit of a play, and it's just bits that I've picked up from, from various people. There's there's odd people doing bits and bobs, but it's just about having fun, isn't it? And, yes. Yeah, and you're saving it from the ice bath as well, which is a kindness, so. Yeah, it's not good, is it? Right, um, <laughs> ah, right, another one, another dairy plant. Um, wait, what? Hey. It was a dairy, so, um, you'll probably think this is Cambridge Blue. Um, so dairy sells the seed for um, Salvia Patent's giant farm, which has got the, the true electric blue flowers, and it's a tall plant, um, Good stems. Obviously, you can get a guanahuata, which is obviously that lovely one, but that's got brittle stems. Um, the giant form that you get from seed, uh, from dairy, comes true. Um, or so I thought it came true. Grows to three or four foot. Wonderful, wonderful plant. Anyway, last year we we had the 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 sort of the Cambridge Blue form. So this is like a giant Cambridge Blue um, that we've grown, uh, and it's about stem at about three foot at the minute and flowering like mad. We're going to collect seed off it and hopefully we'll have lots of this. So when you grow in the standard patents and the standard Cambridge Blue, they both come true from seed. 
as you'll know. So I'm hoping that this is going to be, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it back to if if it if it does come true, then I'll give it back to Derry and I'll let Derry, I'll let Derry sell the seed from it because it's 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 come from her her stock, but um, really really good tall three four foot. Um, I've grown that this year, and I can tell you that the seed is variable. The colour is it. I've got one plant that colour and one plant. There's only two that have flowered so far, and I haven't got that many because there's only five seeds in a packet. That's the <laughs> five seeds in a packet, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think I, I treated myself to four packets, so I haven't got that many plants, but two have, have flowered. And one is the colour that you're holding there, and the other one is the darker blue. Oh, that's interesting. So we got the seed a couple of years ago. I just got one packet, and I grew the five, I think, three germinated, and, and then we collected yeah. our own seed last year. Yeah, so we collected our own seed and so. But they that. don't produce that much seed, Ben, do they? They don't. They're a buggy. You've got. You've really got to. I mean, you can see the spent. Um, yeah. Those of you that are watching the YouTube version, but the little spent calyxes, and, and there's, there's there's usually two seeds at the base if if they're viable. Um, but you've really got to have a search through, um, and you've really got to let them go completely. You need to let them go brown and yeah. Know, they need to go. Right. They need to. They need to dry and go fully. Fully fully sort of dormant and dead before you collect the seed. Um, and later in the summer, rather than deadheading the plants, we'll, we leave it and, and try and... But yeah, you're right, they don't produce master seed. No. Um, but interestingly, I think this year might might prove, because of the heat... Yeah. Tatrocyania, which we talked, obviously we yeah. talked about before the podcast. 2018, when we had that really hot summer, it produced seed for me, and quite a bit of seed. Um, and there was the odd seedling in the ground and we collected lots of it and I've got um, that sort of avenue that's now coming to fruition in the, in the car park that was all grown from seed um, and I, it flowers much earlier in a pot um, yeah. which I found so I've got some big pots full of it and I've got one at home and I'm hoping that with this heat that we've had that we might get we might get the seed again but again not loads of seed but you've really got to go through and you know that, that's um, Salvia Payton's giant form I did wonder whether we could do it from cuttings very early on, like you do. I mean, yeah. because they have tubers, um, the root and they, which like dahlia really, but modified. Um, if they produce shoots, could you cull some of those shoots for cutting? Do you think? I think well, we've we've done that. We've got some for sale this year at Yorkgate, and Mark's taken several. You know, just young, yeah, like, just soft softwood cuttings. Yeah, but yeah, they're just as easy as normal salvias. That salvia Payton's giant form is becoming a bit of a cult plant on this podcast. It's getting it's getting a little bit of love. I think it was Seagate, Chris Davy at Seagate just. Well, Chris gave me Greg gave me one as well, and and that I mean that has gone in my pot as well. So I'm I'm growing two big pots of it this year because I want to make sure that I keep the tubers. Um, so I've, I've made two big pots, and I think I've got about three or four plants left over for Thunder. If you're listening, <laughs> uh, it's worth it. I mean. It's such a buy. I mean, it, both the, the sky blue of the um, of the Cambridge blue and the, the, the electric blue. I mean, it's just a colour that you don't really get lots of, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, whatever colour they come out, it doesn't really matter. They are absolutely fabulous, regardless. Exactly, and they grow well. Right. Yeah. Next plant. Um, I've got another salvia, and I've just brought this one in a bit. Of this you'll know. This one. This is um, this is Oxyphora, um, bright pink or peachy, peachy pink, hairy flowers. Hairy, yes, they are. They are the hair, they are hairy flowers. Um, in fact, it's covered in ants. Um, <laughs> there must be some aphids there somewhere. Lovely sap. But anyway, that's a lovely. We grow that. It's actually got a good again. Got a good leaf. In fact, the leech. 
I'm going to take a bit of the leaf off. Um, the leaf looks a bit like a bamaria. It does. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so really great foliage. I'd never have thought of it looking like a bamaria until just now. But yeah, bamaria-like leaf. Um, again, really good foliage. We grow it in a pot. Um, take a few cuttings, but we overwinter a bigger, bigger plant. And that's, yeah, really, really good one. So I work, I've got a few plants. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Incidentally, if people want more Bomerias in their life and they didn't check out Philip Ostenbrink's episode, there were several Bomerias mentioned in there, as you'd expect from the author of The Jungle Garden. Next one. I'm not a massive fan of Minarbas, but I like, I like this one. This is Jacob Klein. Um, Proper punk hairdo on this one. It is. Um, quite, it's quite a rich red. Um, so it's got like a red, it's got red brats and it's got these lovely sort of lipsticky red flowers that come off the top like a punk's hairdo. Yeah, you're right. Um, but the reason why I brought this one on is because it handles quite a lot of shade um, and it gets quite tall. Mark, Mark Nurseman manager, was growing in his own garden and it grew sort of seven foot in his garden, climbing through with the shrubs. And he said, you know, it takes a lot of shade. So we've put it at the back of the hot water, which is quite shady. Um, and he brought some offsets in, just some, some little divisions. We popped it at the back, and it's it's at the minute it's flowering, and it's it's a good four foot heading towards five foot, um, and it's and it handles the sun as well. we've put it on both sides, some in the sun, some in the shade, but it's really tolerated a good, and it's flowered well in the shade. Um, so it's a really good plant, good tall flower flowering. It started a few weeks ago, so sort of mid mid July. So yeah, really good, really good Monada. I think that's one plant that we wouldn't have success with here because of our dryness, because I think they do yeah. like moisture. They like a little bit. It's a fairly dry spot where it's in. It's, this one's probably worth a try with it, because you could probably give it a bit more moisture in the shade rather than in the sun. True. Um, yeah. Or maybe in the tropical garden, something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. good idea. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, anyway, I really like it. And it was one, it's, it's a pretty new plant to me, but it's one that I'll grow, it's one that I'll grow at home one. I'm not overly, I'm not mad on red flowers, but I like this one. There was a Monada, and I cannot remember the name of it, that you bought last year at your plant fair, Alan. And it was such a fantastic Alan Gray moment because we stood there looking at it um, together and then you just bought the whole tray of <laughs> all of them. Apart from the one that Jane Ann Walton had snaffled before you could buy the whole tray, you were the only two people. There is a tale to that because the person I bought it off actually came to the plant fair this year and they said, that Monada you bought last year, I forgot to tell you it wasn't hardy. Did it come through the winter? And I said, no, nah, it didn't. <laughs> and they presented me with 15 plants because they felt guilty about it. <laughs> wow. Obviously, you've probably talked about this a lot, one that's used a lot by designers. Um, I do love this. I wanted to talk about the prop of it. And I've, got, I've tried to get it in... Oh, now I've got a shield beetle. Um, <laughs> got it it's, um, in its different forms, but um, I'm just going to get the one... Obviously, they look, they look wonderful when they're in bud, um, so that tight bud with sort of like... They look like they've got little hairs on them, and then produce these sort of like droopy... Flowers. And you see it a lot now. It's grown a lot, and we grow it in the sand garden. Is that um, Echinacea pallida? Is that sorry, Echinacea, I should say the name of it. Echinacea pallida. Um, wonderful plant. Um, likes it Likes it in quite, you know, you can handle it quite dry and arid. Um, but the reason why I bring it on, and, and these are from that plant, out the back we've got some sand. We play a lot around with propagating the sand and growing the sand, um, especially things like aryngiums and, and the Echinacea. And I think it was last February I was taking root cuttings of uh, of, of and, and and the echinacea 
and I had loads of, loads of odds and ends. Um, so they, we put we put them in the sand um, cutting mix that we put in the greenhouse, and they go on the, the little heat bench just to give them a bit of a head start. But I literally drilled with my finger. I drilled some lines in the sand bed outside, and I just threw all the odds and ends of the cuttings. Not different sizes, different thicknesses, and most of them came up. And this was in February. And, and the, the same, I did a Ringin Brigatii and Alpinum, and they were the same. They all came up. So you've got these little rows. And then this year, it's produced probably the best echinacea palette that we've got in the garden. So I left it, left them where they were. They've got blooming great roots on that can be taken more cuttings from, but haphazard way of taking root cuttings, chop, 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 throw them in. <laughs> Didn't look at the depth. You know, it was a, maybe an inch below the surface. And it just shows that sometimes we... We really will go to extraordinary lengths to create the settings that we think are right for propagating plants. But, you know, going forward, I'm going to be chopping it up fairly haphazardly and I'm going to be chucking it in the sand. Do you do that with Romneas too? We've only got one Romnea here. Um, but that again, I mean, you've got a big garden so you can let it go wild because it's a big plant, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, it can run a bit. But I've, no, I've never propped a Romnea, no. I've got so many requests for Romneas this year. We haven't had that many plants. And so it's on my list to actually do root cuttings of that next spring. Uh, very early. Very late, early. In, yeah, late winter, really. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so yeah, it's a good, and, and that's, part of the, that's part of the reason why, you know, going solo as well is I just want to play around and... Um, you want all of it? Yeah, well, just have it, just see when I can pop in different tabs. Right, I've not got many plugs left. And also um, with the echinaceas, I mean, I feel like in the past many episodes ago, we've slightly poo-pooed echinaceas because they particularly with all the breeding they can be a bit miffy some of the many multicolored varieties but i bought i got completely wooed by one in a garden center a few years ago and blow me down it gets better every year i never thought it would come back i bought it because it was all the sunset shades and i can't remember the name of it but every year it gets better so i feel like maybe i need to be less hard on all the new cultivars some of them might be worthy after all and particularly I think, like I think the, part of the part of the reason for some of the echinaceas not being a success i think is the fact that in england we have we have wet and we have cold and we have hot and then we have wet and cold and hot and wet and cold and hot in their home of north america prairie regions i mean winters are harsh yes but they're largely they sit under snow for quite a long time then they have the melt and the next day virtually it's summer so we don't have this horrible wet period it goes from you know being covered with snow nice and moist and then suddenly the sunshine is there um and that is why they're not so successful in this country i think so maybe the the sand is the answer yeah the sand the sand's been a revelation Althea, Althea Cannabina. Oh, yeah, yeah, lovely. Um, Kate Mallet, again, you'll know that these, these bulk up quite well. They, they grow from quite a tight base, and they produce many more stems each year. And you can, obviously you can grow this from seed. Um, but I, when, I planted, when I planted the iris, I caught the iris border, but these Altheas follow later on. And I put them in in nine centimetres and with the idea that they'd look good in the first year and then each year we'd take a few out, thin them out and prop from them. And I actually divided them into really small, so take out the sort of where the, the rosette of the plant is, where, they, where it, the crown, where it comes out of the ground, and split them down into sort of individual sort of segments. So I mean, individual pieces as they are, because they come out of the ground in sort of the single, they come from the ground in the single stem and then they branch from the stem with the flowers. And it's worked very well and I've propped lots 
um, and they, they got grown on in, and then potted on into long, one litre long toms for, for sale. Um, but I just think it's a wonderful plant. Um, and I, it's not one you see lots of. Probably grows very well in your part of the world, I imagine. Yeah, it does, actually. And I think it's one of them, because it's such a light and airy plant, you can disobey all the rules and you can plant at the front of a border and it doesn't obscure your view, but you get a close-up of that lovely flower. And it adds another dimension to the whole sort of look of a border, I think, because you've got this, this nice sort of curtain of foliage which you can see through. It's a bit like Granny's Lace Curtains, but not quite so heavy. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, the bed that I've got it in is very narrow, really narrow. You know, it's only probably just over a metre deep um, and we've got them at the front and towards the back. And it's, it's, a, it's a slope border towards the top. And you, you can get, I mean, you can, you, they're eye height. You literally, yeah. you, you can get within within inches of it from when you're walking on the path. So, yeah, really useful plant. And like you say, it's one of these area plants that, that goes anywhere in the border. So, yeah, one of my, another one of my faves. <laughs> one last. So this, this is in a 1.5 litre pot. It is Silene confetti. Um, again, let me give a second time when I put the flower off because it's too big. Um, <laughs> this was grown from seed in, in March. And it's, I was trying to knock it out of its pot earlier. And you know that lovely sort of fibrousy roots that Silene and Lickness get? Um, I'm going to knock it out to show you. Yeah, that sort of that film that you get around. Those of you that are just listening, it's sort of like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's a, like a mesh. It's like a fine mesh. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't root like a lot of things. They all root the same, they sticky catch flies. Um, but yeah, I got this, I got it from Pan Global again a few years ago and collected the seed and, and it grows into, I mean, there's seven, seven, eight stems on that, on that plant. Uh, and it's wonderful, um, creamy, creamy white flowers, grows like stink. I don't know how hard it is, but it's so, so, so the, the few that I planted in the, um, the pillar garden and actually some of them faded away, but whether that was because they're wet or because... I, I doubt it's the hardness because we didn't get much of a winter, but anyway, it's so easy from seed that um, I've grown grown lots of it. And, and as I say, they filled a 1.5 litre pot from the sowing in March. So yeah, really good, really good plant. Lovely spike of these. Uh, is, is it kind of glaucousy as well? It is. It's, it's sort of, it's, well, it's, a, sort of a, it's got like a, a downy stem, like green with, with like white down on it. And then the, the buds are like a lime green and, um, and the flowers are a creamy, creamy white. Now, anybody that yeah. grows plant flowers should grow that because it's a great mixer. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's new, and it's, to me it's new. It's new, it's unusual. It's, it makes a great mixer um, or a filler in, in bunches of flowers, I think. And, and it looks like, to me, like, just hold it up a bit higher, Ben, because it, like, it looks as if it might stand up on its own very well. Absolutely. I mean, that's... That stem there, you know, from because they come right from the base again. It's two two foot. Um, yeah. It'd be it'd be great. I mean, it'd be great to try it to cut flower. Yeah. So uh, suddenly, an Alstroemeria seems to have just appeared. You no, know, Alstroemeria Indian summer. Don't grow loads of Alstroemerias, but um, there's a few that might be Mafloma. But yeah, Alstroemeria dark again. Lovely dark foliage. It's got it's it's still green, but it's got sort of dark veining, um, and it looks visibly dark it's dark when it comes out and then they go greener as they get taller and it's got this wonderful striped peach yellow and red flower um again likes it hot we grow it in the hot water and i've moved it in i've moved it into a different location for propping for the nursery here 
it's in a really, really hot sunny spot and it's just booming with flowers. It's done much better than where it is in the garden, bulking up. Obviously, it's a PBR plant. Um, it's quite expensive um, to buy. Um, I'm sure it'll come down once PBR ends, but I was, for ages, I was like, why is it so expensive? Even in Pluto, it's expensive. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's but it's because it's PBR um, and it's a great great plant. It's it's really one of the one of the, one of the better uh, Australia's. You all, I imagine you grow this, Alan. Yeah, I do. Oh, quite a lot of it actually. Even yeah, I grow a, it, and I think mine was about twelve fifty, and I sort of thought, oh, it's a bit of money, but I did really want it, and I only planned to grow one Alstroemeria, so I thought it was worth the investment, and it has been. I've only had it for a year or so, but it's been brilliant. I don't regret the twelve fifty at all. And and obviously you can. You can still prop it yourself. They're they're easy to propagate, um, but they're just obviously you're not allowed to propagate them for sale unless you you pay if you need. How do you propagate then, Ben? Um, we do them from. They're almost I want to call them basal divisions. Um, like songs, the roots yeah, like songs. Yeah, they they sort of they they produce quite a lot from the base, and you can yeah. sort of dig down with your trap. You can you can take a, a sort of a piece off with a bit of root on it. Yeah, so I suppose it's a it's a division of sorts. Yes, it's like a it's like a basal offshoot. Um, I, I, I would call it a careful division, Ben. Careful division, a careful division. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and they, and they they bulk up really quickly, and then you can just sort of take them off as they come up in this when they when they shoot in the spring's the best time to do them. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I have room for more, but maybe I will just try and squeeze them in somewhere in the ever-diminishing planting opportunities in my tiny, tiny suburban garden. <laughs> There's always room well, somewhere. That's, that, that's, 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 the, that's all my plants. <laughs> well, I have to say thank you again for giving us um, a, a brilliant selection of plants. I mean, you always do this. Um, ben, ben Preston, Plantsman Extraordinaire, yeah. dare I say. I can't wait for this nursery to open. about that. Oh, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this nursery to open because, I mean, if this has been a toaster of what you're going you're gonna to grow, uh, the kind of plants that you're going to grow, you're going to be successful, Ben, beyond belief, and, and wish you and Laura the great success with Cliffbank. Oh, thank you very much. No, it's, um, yeah, it's a great adventure, and mm. um, I'm all for big change. You know, we, to, be, to be honest, we, we decided if... We decided if we, we, the nursery didn't uh, didn't come off that we were going to cycle from Patagonia to to Alaska and just do something completely different. You know, <laughs> we're just I was just up for a massive change. You know, we both can cycle touring, just throw it in the air and just go for something new. And I think, you know, your guys taught me a lot about just living life to the full and doing things and being happy. And I've been very very happy here. Um, but I'm well ready for a change. The nursery is the thing. We're going to be there for a long, long time um, and it will evolve and, and get better and I'm sure it'll be... And you never know, you might just fit Patagonia in somewhere because <laughs> I'm just thinking the plant opportunities there. <laughs> the nice thing is, is we're, good, we're not going to work it. We're, we're not going to open the winter. We're going to open April to um, April to October. So yeah. definitely give us a chance to get to South America and back to New Zealand. And I'm very keen to go and spend more time in New Zealand looking at plants. Um, yeah. and really sort of home in on some of the things that I want to grow and, and yeah. the conditions. and Yeah, because there's certain areas that are very similar climate to what they are in the north of England here. Mm. So you get the extremes of further north, you get hotter, and then you get down sort of southwest of the South Island, and it's really, you know, they get some of the highest rainfall in the world. But yeah. there's lots of in-between, and they get real mixed climates and things. So, yeah, back to New Zealand, definitely, over South America, um, 
going on a lovely trip to South uh, to South Africa in September. Oh, great! It'll be fun. Tom training here and Andy, uh, who's down at Wildside, and well, it'll be their springtime. Yeah, we're going to the Macquarland, uh, Western Cape, um, Newtsville, that sort of area. We're going to go oh, yeah. to Coast of Bosch for a day, so cannot wait. And um, it's going to yeah. be a fab, fab trip. Up. Oh, that's going to be amazing. You're going to get a serious amount of FLOMO from that trip. So we uh, we might need to just do a FLOMO episode with you after yeah. you've been there. There's <laughs> always FLOMO. Well, there is. Uh, if, incidentally, segue nicely into the next section of the podcast, if you haven't ever listened to one of these before, where have you been? Well, it's episode 90. But FLOMO is a, sh- a feeling I'm sure you get, a fear of missing out about a flower or a plant. I've got a ton of it now, as usual, at the end of a podcast, loads and loads of plants I want to try and squeeze in. And of course, after my trip to York Gate, I mean, they're just going through the photos on my phone and there were so many things. I did bring back that lovely hookera. Is it Bronze Beauty? Bronze Beauty, great. And the coppery Buplurum as well, which I was super psyched to add to my garden. So they were Flomos no more after I'd been. I am having a bit of an Empathians year. And I've currently got the Niam Niamensis, the little Congo cockatoo, um, pride of place on my patio table with all of its lovely little parrot flowers, which I, I sit at my um, my kitchen table doing my work and just look up sort of every few minutes and see my little cockatoos out the window and have a little smile <laughs> to myself. But you have, and I do know this from East Ruston, um, but it reminded me of Kilimanjaro, how exquisite those flowers are. Amazing plant. You picked it. We were looking around that lovely tropical bit with all your tree ferns and uh, and you sort of just picked it so that I could examine it up close. And yeah, it reminded me of what an amazingly intricate, beautiful flower that is. You just want to eat it. You like the thing you want to eat. It's like a fruit pastel or something. It's um, that lovely red and orange, flushed yellow, tiny. Yeah, wonderful. It's wonderful. But I mean, that's one that Jack introduced to me and he grows lots of patties. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure we can tell you how to cut in or two going very well actually i should i should just want to ask about your tree ferns because i think you had like a drip system into your tree ferns am i right yeah we did so we um well we do we, we put a sort of a yeah drip feed so every single tree fern's got its own little drip feed system you can't see it because it's a black pipe it goes up the back of the tree fern and just it just nestles nicely in, in the crown and it goes on overnight um and i think that constant you know the stem's like a sponge, the trunk's like a sponge, and they want to be, you know, they want to be moist. Oh, you, you know, you, you often see lovely, lush tree ferns at the top, and they've got quite a, a dry stem. They want to be soaked through. They want to be damp, and we turn it on on a night, and it just drips all night. And and they, obviously, they produce their fronds for next year, the year before. So it's all about that water that you get in. And the drip feed's been a, a revelation, really, because the fronds are just absolutely monstrous. They're wonderful. I've, I've got given a tiny baby tree fern for my birthday. And so I immediately thought back to York Gate and like, right, that is obviously important. If I want it to be happy, I need to channel channel Ben and his drip watering system. Well, in fact, on that note, I'm going off topic again. Apparently, so I found three old, like six and a half foot, seven foot tree fern trunks at the, at the nursery, just like in, in a load of de- debris. And Jack reckons, or he's told me that you can actually you can plant a little tree fern in the top of an old trunk, um, and then they'll root right through eventually. Um, so I don't know if that's a cheap way of getting a really big tree fern, um, but I'm going to give it a go. What a great idea! He's convinced that they, because they actually, you know, they root right because it's actually dead is the trunk, and they root all the way through the centre. You put the roots out underneath. So 
I don't know if you have ever done if you know about that, Alan. No, but I tell you what I have done. Um, <laughs> I've got a, um, a, an old sort of what what's it? What's the what's the male fern called? Um, I've got a dead tree fern with a male fern growing out of the top of the trunk. It's not Felix Mass, is it? Yeah, Dryopteris Felix Dash Mass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that looks lovely. It does actually. I mean, I, it just did it. I didn't do it. I, uh, um, it just sort of grew there from a spore, I suppose. Some of the, the older ones get huge. I mean, we found some few dropteris that are just on the peripheries of the garden that have clearly been there for, you know, they've probably been there for 60 or 70 years. Yeah. And they're like little tree ferns. I yeah, mean, they are. The emerging croziers are absolutely, you know, they're like knuckles like they are on a tree fern. And yeah. we've actually yeah. we've, we've moved a few into the garden around the stream sides. Um, and they look they look, they look look amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about my flomo. Um, Dahlia, I'm going to notice that Dahlia murkii again. Dahlia murkii alba, I've been after it for... Ages and I know you've got one enough, Derek. Have you still got yours? I've still got mine, yeah. But I mean, it's a, for some reason, it's a very weak thing. It's a fickle plant, so I hear. And I went to Derry's a few weeks ago, um, and she said, Oh, we need skinny cutting, so I've not got any for sale. And then I went to buy one online at a nursery. And anyway, I put it in the basket and paid for it. And you had to buy other plants to fill up the basket. It was expensive. It was 25 quid. Anyway, I got a message saying, oh, you've not got that plant. Do you want a replacement? I mean, I've put all these other plants in the basket just so I could get the dilly in my <laughs> Anyway, so I'm still after it. Um, so even if it's a root, I, I will get it next next spring, hopefully, and um, I'll yeah. see, see if we can grow it, grow it well. Might be in a pot with some feed, but yeah, it's a lovely plant. So I think it's time for Alan Gray's Flomo, and I think you're spoiled for choice this week. No, not. <laughs> I know exactly what I want. From everything. Well, I think I may have that. I put Mulan Beckia Ashtonii as one of my, you know, my flomos. But I think I may have a plant of this. <laughs> I don't know where the heck I got it from, <laughs> and it hasn't got a label, so I'm not absolutely sure. But it has all the attributes of a Mulan Beckia, and it looked very much like the plant that um, that Ben held up and talked about so well. Um, so I'm not going to have that as my flomo, but I am going to have a Dahlia Hadrian summer wine because I think that is fantastic. And if I if I don't know how or when I shall be able to get that, I've got to have Rosa Eskimo in my garden because I'm a great fan of single roses and, you know, the health on that foliage, it's repeat flowering. I mean, repeat flowering is always good with roses. So you don't just have this month and then nothing. You have a few later on. Um, and a plant that surprised me, I didn't think I was going to like it so much, but Selene, Selene confetti. I just thought, whoa, look at this. This is a demure little darling that she doesn't look, she's not showy. She's not flamboyant. She's the one that stands in the background, but she's the one that gets the guy. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure we can. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be getting some Rose Rescue now, so you'll have to let me know how many you want, and I will order, I'll order you some as well. Yeah. Well, I'd have to, I'd, I'd, I'd like 10 if you can get them for me, please. Ten. Yeah, well, I'm getting them. I'm going to get bare, bare root, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. 10. No, wonderful. There let we me go. Know. And when people go to East Ruston and see all these wonderful Rosa Eskimos that they're coveting, they'll know exactly where they came from. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully they'll go up to Cliff Bank and buy some. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> well, it's hopefully, super. I mean, 
it's going to be super easy to find you guys because you're, you know, you're just outside sort of that Harrogate area and you're right on a, a road. You're not like tucked away down loads of tiny roads so people have to get their sat-nav on. You're going to be really easy to just drive up to. Hopefully, yeah. It's, um, well, I'll be having signs outside, but it, it, it's going to be, it's nice because the site, it is on quite a busy road where the entrance is, but the site moves away quite, you know, it's a narrow site that's sort of slope, slope south, southeast facing back to the house. So it's a narrow site, so you can get away from the road quite quickly. Yeah. It's um, it's a good little spot. Um, we've been very, very happy there so far. And um, and it, it's about the process of doing it. That's the bit that we're enjoying. And I think yeah. I've maybe fallen foul of it in the past, wanting to get something to be wonderful, but we're just enjoying doing it. Particularly that greenhouse that is the stuff that dreams are made of. Well, interestingly, we, we had a bit of a chat last night about the greenhouse. Um, Don't tell me you're going to pull it down. We're not going to pull it down. Um, we... We've been working out because there's a there's a separate power source that goes that's currently disconnected for the that's separate to the house, um, and it, it's a long you know it's two hundred meters up to the um, up to the greenhouse, um, and we've been working out how the working area is going to be in terms of the prop area and whether and the potting area. We might actually because I was going to put a polytunnel up just for doing little courses. We think next year that we might actually have it for workshops. Um, which it means that we won't have to completely, because it's going to cost quite a lot of money to renovate it um, and to put electricity in there. So we're going to actually have some, and it's so, I mean, you've been in it. It's just such a wonderful, rustic space. It's what's grown there before. And, and we're going to, it's got the staging for a wonderful table down the middle. So we think we're going to have a bit of a banquet in September, a bit of a launch for friends. And um, it's just the most wonderful amazing setting this derelict greenhouse um so yeah i think we're gonna actually do the workshops in there next year um so watch this space um and um, it'd be fun just to go there and have lunch there i mean it's just it's lovely yeah that was certainly one of my favorite parts of your well there are many favorite parts but that was one of the best uh, ben you have been wonderful it has been an absolute treat all of the plants all of the fun and all of the promise for the future i'm so excited for you and for us. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have to come back exclusively with your Cliffbank nursery hat on next time. I will. When I finally should grow some plants. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, the best of luck with it all. Happy gardening. Lots of love to Ben and Laura. Thank you very much. Ciao. Hey, Fordies here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. Hey.